Hello, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 91 of the Archaeologist Podcast, a show where we discuss everything and anything that has to do with Ark Survival Evolved. I'm your host, Sean D. Knight, and with me are a number of players that are here to offer their insights and opinions on the latest topics, strategies, and upcoming features or patches. As I call it, our participants for tonight, say hello to the listeners and how many hours you have in Ark. Rico. <laughs> Hi, y'all, and, uh, well, honestly, I'm still on a hiatus, so my numbers haven't changed in at least four episodes now. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, somebody's got to be here to, to, uh, to call the Ark Devs retards, okay? <laughs> and leg day. I've got uh, 3,906 hours this week, mostly as a bob. As a bob, all right. So uh, it's been a fairly quiet week, though not for PvP tribe Bloody Mary, who got a bloody nose as two of their servers were dev wiped in a small enforcement action. Also, Walkart dished out free mind wipes for everyone. The second community stream involves some PvP tips. Specialty servers are almost upon us, and we still don't know what that will involve in terms of game modes, and we talk about player stats and if they have changed with the new armor weight. All this and more later on in this episode, but before we get to all that, let's set up the YouTube comments. Malamus 235 says, Looks like Lake Day deactivated demon mode. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> so yeah, you were saying that was a... Uh, problem with discords on Discord. yeah we've been having a few people jump in the discord and sound like uh like like they activated demon mode it's some kind of driver issue with logitech headsets <laughs> yeah it's really weird and then uh nightwind said something also about exploits there's one with fridges and crop plots the fridges do not register as a foundation so you can stack them all the way to the base and see for a rocket yourself in also, the problem with this stuff is that it's in front protection. If the base has hatch frames, turrets around, or something else, you will die. Crop plots you can stack away from foundations and build above the person's said base. Then you can take parasers or other tank and dinos and drop. This seems like it's going to be a really easy bug to fix, which means <laughs> it'll probably be around for two years. Yeah, just make it so that fridges need to be placed on a foundation and, well, crop plots, they will have to figure something out. Well, I, I, I thought to try and place a fridge on a, on just the you know the ground. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I hate stackable crop plot, plots in general. I just think it looks cheesy. Indeed. All right, uh, let's move on to threads, tweets, etc. Now, uh, Nick Nook has a little story, and he tells his post saying, "Oh, Ark," and writes, "Starting on rag as a beach bob, I have ground my way up to having a two by one stone shack with a few dodos, a forge." A smithy outside and a small dino storage pen with a parasaur, trike, and a low terra. With a few dodo eggs saved up, I am finally ready to try and get a decent terra. Find and bowl a nice looking 130 and go to get some berries on the trike. Cue a mid-level rex. It destroys my smithy and almost kills the terra and I as we scramble to safety. It then patrols the dino pen, so I handpick berries for 45 minutes. A guy on a poison wyvern stops by, doesn't kill me, and instead kills the rex. Happy days. Get a bunch of narco berries and head to the Terra. It's looking about done and ready for the kibble, so I stick it in. Miscalculated, it needs a few more minutes for the last kibble. Cue the 145 Rex. Its head looms over the hill and I spring into action, swooping it with my Terra and trying to lead it away. It roars, the Terra hits the deck, when did this become a thing, and it dismounts me. We are both bitten, I run whistling the bird to follow, it walks, it dies, I run, I survive. I creep back for the saddle. There are now two Rexes. Snag the saddle, but the 145 is making a beeline for the almost tamed bird. Pulling out the sword, I find in a drop, I run in and start slashing at its legs, but it is on a mission. It runs straight to the unconscious Terra and obliterates it. 
It roars in my face, adds an insult to injury, then goes for a bit more injury. I run away. Back in my base, the other Rex is attacking the dino pen. There is blood smeared on the walls. I run to my shack with the Rex in hot pursuit and slam the door shut just in time. I log out. <laughs> yeah. Stories like that are better when you have a tribe mate, though. That's the only thing I'll say. Because <laughs> then you can share that memory with somebody. Indeed. I, I, the other thing I'd say is that that friendly poison wyvern, he's probably farming you. He's probably just waiting for you to build up a little bit. <laughs> and then he's going to take your stuff. Uh, you know, it's just a, a series of unfortunate events that, you know, it's all too common in Ark. Though uh, he didn't realize that the Rex's war will make your dino poop if it's a higher level than your dino. So that definitely took him by surprise. I, the, the first time I, I got landed by a uh, by a Rex roaring was a bit of a shocker for me. <laughs> I mean, I, I knew it would, you know, have some effects. It stunned me. I wouldn't be able to fly for a few seconds. So if I was on the ground, it would have been real bad. And then I was on the ground, and it was real bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. El Shadow is asking for some Raiden tips, and he writes, The map is Ragnarok on PC. Long story, but the alpha of the server is now gunning for us they have more dinos more people and better stuff we both have tech they have lots of heavy heavies and tech turrets they have gigas golems reapers but a limited supply and about 10 people i have four brontos three parasers four golems 24 stegos five trikes five patches three gigas two reapers wyverns basilisks etc 10 people and some good gear for my tribe what do i do place a transmitter nearby uh, download everything set up a fob and rush or not can't get that force field up as I don't have the element. Tips, help, anything, thank you. Well, wait, I missed the beginning of this. Is this unofficial? Um, they didn't say if it was unofficial, just that it was a Ragnarok map on PC. Though he does stipulate that none of them are part of a mega tribe. That neither he's tribe. aware of. That he's aware of, yes. So assume that neither one is connected to a mega tribe. It's actually between the two of them. Uh, I think his idea was good. Put a transmitter, get out. <laughs> Well, no, that was to uh, put a transmitter down instead of a fob. Oh. Okay, well, this just reminds me of, uh, I mean, this is the kind of war that I actually enjoyed uh, yeah. uh, back in the old days. We were stuck in something like that for a while, and what really makes the, bit, the, the key difference is who's able to more often co uh, you know, bring together six to eight of their, of their ten. Because if you can mm -hmm. put together most of your tribe, you go on the offensive. <laughs> And if they have less people, you push and push and push. If you're having to work with less people than them regularly, like they regularly have more people on than you're able to get on at any given time, you have to continuously harass them. Exactly. And you have to do it without losing, too, uh, without losing your assets. Fobs, not great for that, actually. Um, that's for, like, continually harassing one location. If you can't stay in and fight them because you have most of your people on and you're able to force engage them for a long period of time, you have to pick them up, pick them apart. During uh, our first really big uh, war, just after uh, Sean and I were actually in the same tribe for the first time, <laughs> uh, we got attacked by the Alpha. I told the, most of the story before, but every morning. You know, there were a couple of us that would be on, and we'd wait for other, a certain other member of the tribe to get on, and that's when we'd go take a nap, or you know, go get food or whatever we needed uh, we needed to do. So every morning, before, about uh, for the last hour I was on, me and uh, our tribe leader uh, Denise 
would just grab a couple of Paradons or, uh, or, or grab a Quetzal, and we'd go, we'd attack one of their allies, we'd attack one of their small bases, we'd kill something, kill a few, uh, or kill a few somethings, whatever we thought we'd get away with, and then get the hell out of there before they show, uh, showed up because we couldn't afford to lose the Quetzal. Rather than trying to, you know, bunker down and wait for an opportunity, we just tried to continuously kick the hornet's nest until they forgot who they were stinging. <laughs> I, I don't Eventually, think there's any... between that and small offensives, when we had six or, uh, you know, five or six of us on at the time, we had frayed them so much that we were able to actually, well, force them into making a move they were not ready to make. And the rest of our tribe had spent most of their time online fortifying one location to force them into a choke point. And we basically just hunkered down and spent about 12 hours duking it out with them. Until yeah. they did something really dirty and underhanded to win the day. I think on small fights like this, it, it's, it really is just numbers and endurance. Like, who's going to keep their people on the longest? And uh, I say small fights because when it scales up to, like, server cap fights, then it's really just who's lucky enough to get more people on while there's 100 people queued up on either side. But it, if, if I was to give one piece of advice... For this guy, if he's gonna, if it's like a ten v ten, and it's gonna be like a project, protracted fight, uh, I'd go after the economy. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, tribes that size aren't as prepared for contingencies as they should be. They may not have as much stockpile as they should, and a lot of their supplies are gonna be exhausted in the first few hours of the fight. Indeed, I'm just I... thinking here to us farming during fights. Yeah, yeah. that was fun. well. Not just farm, but we were we were scrapping the bases we had to abandon for materials at towards the end of the fight. Well, yeah, I mean, we they had they had obliterated our uh, our sec, uh, our main base. We had fallen back to the base of someone we just freaking joined into, and we were just kept hoping they would never pay attention uh, to uh, to your base, which for some reason, despite the fact that it was surrounded by four of theirs, they never did. They're they seem pretty intimidated by my tiny little base. <laughs> It probably I, I didn't also... hurt that they knew our main. Uh, we had uh, stationed our most valuable assets at a base that was not in a good defensible location. Mm -hmm. Mostly out of necessity. It's not like we had much choice here. We moved stuff there while, while, while you know, while they were uh, well, uh, just after their offensive was over. So we were waiting for the next one. Right. One other thing I'd probably add here is uh, a tactic that we've used in the past is get the enemy to focus on attacking something you really don't care about. Get them to spend resources yeah, that exactly. has no tactical advantage. A lot of times you'll see tribes fighting over something that really at the end of the day does not matter at all. Yep. But someone will be attacking it and then the, they'll be They're wasting time it. and resources and it gives you the ability to come around, hit them, force them to lose more. And but yeah, if you have to bleed them, you see a dino that's exposed and not protected. Just kill it. Doesn't matter what it is. It has you got the numbers. They'll see the red on their uh, on the top of their screen, and it starts to be a shocker, and it starts to annoy them. And especially once the fatigue sets in, it can take a while before you register what actually those words meant. All you mm -hmm. know is you just saw red at the top of your screen, which means someone's attacking somewhere. The adrenaline spikes. You're getting going. You're confused, and that's what you got to do. Um, There's also this old saying, never interrupt the enemy when they're making a mistake. Yeah. If they're sitting there sieging one of your big bases, uh, one of your big bases, and it just happens you would, you would just use it as egg storage, 
you know, at an egg production farm, somebody went by and spent half an hour every day collecting eggs from all your old dinosaurs that you did not give one wit about, poke them a little bit on their flanks while they're doing it just to make it seem like you don't completely not care, but don't interrupt them. Let them blow in, let them kill everything. Yeah. You don't care about that. Don't interrupt them making a mistake. One other idea that comes to mind that I don't think we did really well back in the day is if we were being attacked was uh, try to get them in two spots at once if you can be organized enough to do it. Yeah. It, it's hard to organize a defense at multiple locations um, for some tribes that kind of go crazy. That's a very good point. Let's move on. So we're going to be talking about a little bit about getting the free mind wipes because of the armor weight change, but uh, Earth TM <laughs> posted on Reddit saying, we did it, Reddit. And he posted a little screenshot of a Discord chat where Jet said, FYI, we'll have a forced mind wipe in the un- upcoming patch. So <laughs> this is the, a screenshot from the Salt Discord channel, which is very notorious. One person commented saying, that looks like a fun Discord server. And Jet replied, it's certainly not for the faint of heart. Gets very rowdy in there, but a large collection of players to tap into when they're not going off at each other. <laughs> but um, he, he went a little further because there was some more t- chat and he wrote, I certainly understand where you're coming from. We've considered creating an official Discord too. And if we did, it would be enforced and managed relatively similar to Survive the Ark. But for the time being, we don't believe there's been a need to create an official community for now. We prefer announcements come through STA primarily. Then we try to get those posts visibility across different social channels, such as Reddit, Steam, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. Perhaps that'll change in the future and we'll end up opening a Discord too. There are a few different large fan-made Discord communities available, which are based on ARC. And honestly, speaking directly in regards to Salt, it has been in our benefit that they're not under wildcard. I was folks, just going to say, yeah. <laughs> that's the reason you're never going to have an official Discord. Yep, It's corporate controlled, and you suddenly half the things that are in that Discord would not be uh, allowed. <laughs> yeah, uh, He goes on to write, A lot of the folks there wouldn't participate in something official. They enjoy the filter-free environment that's led by another group of players. Plus, the level of information we receive about bugs and game exploits is on another level, simply by being in there and participating with the users. Sure, there is an arguable level of toxicity and folks generally being foul to one another oh, just in there. A little bit. Arguably, just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it, it is one step below airborne anthrax, <laughs> which I clearly do not approve of based on my earlier comments. However, it isn't going to stop me from being visible there, as it's one of the best possible places to tap into info for improving arc. <laughs> Going back to the mind wipe, though, um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's okay that they did that. I, you know, I know I, w- I was kind of like, ah, they really don't need to. People are just whining, but whatever. It was harmless. Reasonably certain I said they really should. We said it in last week's episode that they needed to do it because of the uh, impact of the armor weight change. I just felt like if you're at a high level and you were at base 100 weight, you know, it's kind of your own fault. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of stupid. Okay, uh, moving on. The question was asked why... The Dolphins' speed was nerfed, and Jet replied saying, Simply put, we felt that they were reaching speeds that we weren't comfortable with and were highly effective versus underwater bases, so we made a tweak to bring them more in line. We can't really tell you for sure when something is going to change or not. The game and meta are ever-evolving. There is certainly a possibility for more changes to any creature, really. Makes sense. Especially if they want people to build underwater bases. You know... True underwater tech bases, though, still don't seem to be relevant. 
unless I'm missing something. Yeah, there's there's really no point to them still. And you'd have the only have... time I've ever seen any in uh, YouTube videos is just like you know, look at what I built on my private server. Which I mean, if it's cool design, cool. I'll watch the video because I I like seeing cool buildings. But I mean, I mean, it'd be good to have it an underwater base. But unfortunately, you, unless you're using tech primarily to make it, you really don't have much of a choice. And that and tech is very expensive now because you need you know you need Elmen for every piece of uh, structure. Now, TD Seawolf had a question. Can we fix or adjust popcorn? In it? And he goes on to write, We just got done raiding a base of people who had been stealing off our bags for the last week or so. As soon as we had half their turrets drained and their door blown open, they started popcorn and everything. I started to think about it and realized that this is one of the main reasons people don't online raid, besides the fact that it's obviously much easier not to. I know there's always the argument of server performance, but I would be shocked if it took that much of a hit. I feel like this is one of those things that is a little overlooked. Maybe from two minutes to like six, seven, something higher than two, that's for sure. So I think increasing it would be good. If you increase it too much, people are just going to spam popcorn everywhere. Crash yep. the server. <laughs> but I did have a thought, you know, if, what if, this is a big what if, what if, there was a area limit to the amount of popcorn that could be on the ground at once. Mm -hmm. yeah, but would yeah. you stop it from uh, people from being able to drop more stuff or just auto-delete stuff? No, like you, you can't drop it because, hey, there's already 100 loose items around you. I think that would really change the meta. Oh, yeah. Because I've been in rooms full of, you know, popcorn everywhere because 30 vaults are being dumped. And uh, you don't, it take, it's really quick to do, you know. But if, if you had... If there was a limit to the amount of popcorn you could do, it almost forces you to stay and fight to the last guy. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe people would just spend more time flying things off. I don't know. Imagine getting a Quetzal loaded with stuff flying away from a base that's about to fall. Yeah. So in our Discord channel, we had a bit of a discussion, discussion spearheaded by Ultradine who said, If the goal is to lower the chances of offline hits, how about no lootable goods from a tribe with zero members on? You don't make online hits more likely by removing popcorn. You make it only more profitable if you were going to online them anyways. Offlining is still more incentivized. I'm not sure how you implement that, though. So, like, if you pop a vault and nobody's on, then it's just inventory zero or something? Yeah. I don't know how it would be implemented. It's an interesting idea to consider. I, know, I noticed something on Conan the other day that was uh, interesting, and uh, it's not on every server, but it is on the one we were on, not that we noticed at first, but um, players log, uh, player bodies uh, vanish when they log out. Mm -hmm. Which means that if you wanted to get their best gear, you'd have to expect to have to face them online because you would expect them to put their best gear on their body and then log out because... It's not going to be there anymore until the they come back. The yeah, but then you see a huge increase in the number of body bags used. If that was, um, People would have alts and just actually, lock them no. off. Yeah, they would so make tons body of alts. Uh, body bags would stop existing because when you yeah, log out... Yeah, I was going to say they're going to have to make a lot of alts to do this. There would just be some gear protector that you could never access. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, probably, uh, probably, but it, I mean, eh, we'll keep our point. one thousand dupe tech gates on this one guy. We're gonna have him logged out and never have him log in unless we need it. Alti mm -hmm. uh, also went on to say, uh, trace around special ammo that indicates last server, etc., or Dino originating server and or last server. How about turret buff damage if no one in tribe is within certain distance or online? 
I would say arcs balance is PVE and PVE is too easy. PVP is too hard. PVE in a base is simply following the steps. PVP in a live team and base is extremely difficult and requires a huge distraction or a secret luck bomb. And then uh, JC jumped in saying, no buffing turret damage would not be good because you can, can't just make the turrets unpin coated and placed by an ally tribe so the turrets would do more damage and you can still fill the turrets. And no loot if a tribe was offline would not be good since griefing would be worth do, would, wouldn't be worth doing anymore. And in my tribe, all the people's personal gear and bolts holding the best BPs and all the expensive materials only for defense are all kept in the allies' vault. And the trace around ammo would not be good because good first because no one would use it. Second because you can already see what server they come from when I kill their teams. And yes, a lot of people still online raid bases because when you start having tech turrets raiding takes a long time, which requires fobs and time. Yeah, the you know, I will thing. say one thing. His comment about it make grief, uh, griefing pointless. Okay, I don't see a problem with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the allied vault thing, though, that's not, that's true. That would probably blow away my idea about making vault population or mm. content zero if someone's offline. But I still like the, the buffing defenses if no one's online. He didn't like that. Why, though? I didn't quite follow that. Is it because of a blue raid? I mean, blue raid's going to happen regardless, but imagine if you know, turret's got a 3x buff because mm, yeah. nobody was online. I think that's a really good idea. I think that's the best. Because but I, once again, that would be, you know, really taking advantage of with allies because rather than put your own turrets down, make an ally tribe have all the turrets oh, on your base. Oh, that's what he meant. Yeah, that's what he meant. Yeah. Dang it, he's right. So you know, I think he, he if was, this uh, would have worked, they'd have to get rid of the ally system completely. He, he was commenting that he didn't agree with me when I said that the game... Um, uh, favored the attackers mm-hmm. and i kind of i think agreed with him at the end of the day that a def- if two online an online attacker versus an online defender i think the defenders have the advantage obviously but i think a lot i'm not talking about the big ally alliance fights or anything like that i'm just talking about the smaller tribe fights yeah. a lot of it is is online versus offline and that's where i think the attackers always have the advantage in the way the game is currently set up yep very true well even if you're on even if the online defenders the fact is in almost any situation, there is actually a natural advantage to being the one on the offensive. So I just thought of an idea to kind of patch my the buffing idea and the vault idea. Mm-hmm. Just uh, make it so uh, allied turrets can't be placed near your base. Uh, I mean, that would that remove would ally snapping, in other words. Yeah, well, at least for those two objects, for vaults and uh, guns. Yeah, that that would do it. All right, uh, let's move on. Now, last week we talked about body bags and how they're the worst kept secret when it comes to ARC. And uh, one of the things I kept saying was that, you know, Wildcard is eventually planning to get rid of these things. And I think a good precursor to that was the Volts getting their slots increased to, what was it, 350 slots? So, Cranky Canuck 92 (laughs) wrote saying, let's talk about body bags saying... Press G to drag a dead or unconscious body around you're looking at if you're strong enough. Even your mount can carry bodies straight from the arc loading screen. If you're strong enough, dragging 60,000 ingots is a bug. The only reason this hasn't been fixed IMO is the lashback from players who actually use it. It's a time-saving bug in a time-intensive game. Dragging stuff should require maybe a quarter or a third the strength to carry it. Add wheelbarrows, towable wagons, or hot air balloons to increase the weight reduction. I don't know. Or a tech cube. 
Text tier stores or something in an alternate dimension negating the weight. Only carry one at a time. 600 slots maybe uses elements somehow to access it. So should this be fixed? Will it be fixed? Would you use a tech cube? If so, what materials would it should it require? Could you see the er- earlier alternatives being useful? Lastly, if it's fixed, what will you do instead? So there was a very brief comment from Wildcard Chris who simply stated, it's on our list. <laughs> How ominous. <laughs> I don't know. I think, you know, if you're just going to replace a body bag with some other in-game element, are you really... It's the same mechanic, so why bother? Unless you're trying to... That idea he had about adding a cost to accessing, then what you're really doing is making that technology less accessible to smaller tribes. Uh, like I said last week or uh, on episode 89... They don't have to add anything to replace body bags because the body bags should never have existed from the get-go. They, you know, they, they are not required to do it. Uh, right. And, uh, you know, I think I kind of touched on this idea either last episode or the episode before, but I kind of refined it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking about connecting machinery up so there's less, like, ha- transferring of objects you had to do. And um, I think what a, a way to do this that would be practical and wouldn't be, like, insanely overly complicated would be to have an object you can craft that is this goes back again to my space engineers game where like a conveyor tube object you're building Mm -hmm. conveyor tube object like you're laying pipe and on either end of that pipe you can access the inventory of the pipe you know like some kind of conveyor thing right and and that would probably eliminate the need for body bags in a lot of ways because you know most of people use body bags for storage but vaults carry so much they're not really that important for that in my opinion um they're primarily used for moving large amounts of stuff around and if there was an in-game object to do that more efficiently, that, you know, it has a cost to build it, but once you built it, um, it would work, I think that would be preferable. I'd love that, because then there'd be some in-game meta about designing that conveyance, making it efficient. Oh, yeah. Would be nice, but we'll see. Uh, I'm curious how long it's going to be until they finally get rid of the body bags. Think it's going to be sometime this year? It, to me, it's such an easy code fix. I don't know. Like, but... I, in classic wildcard, they'll do it without announcing it, and they'll just say it'll be in the patch notes, and you'll have like maybe an hour of warning or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and suddenly all the mega tribes' inventories disappear. Oh, imagine if they just killed all the body bags. Oh, oh, the rage and and the salt. Oh, well, I just want war- enough warning so I can make sure to watch the salt Discord when that happens. That's all I want. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on. So, a user on Twitter asked Jen, why is it that some fertilized eggs or kibble, anything with a spoil timer, keeps resetting the timer even when in in inventory? Trying to get eggs I traded for onto a different server where I do my hatches and the timer goes from one second back to 39 minutes, 59 seconds. Jen replied, it's an issue that occurs when you try to transfer the eggs more than once, but we don't have a fix for why it happens just yet. Once seems to be fine, but a second time will cause them to reset. Interesting. That actually makes me think about what kind of code is behind that egg that causes that problem. I wouldn't think an egg is anything other than a static object, but clearly there's some kind of tracking on it. Yeah, definitely. So I know I've seen this complaint a lot. Every egg does carry the entire bloodline uh, history in its code. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. is true. All right. So if you go to you know, play arc Reddit forums all the time. Maybe you should consider uh, play arc bingo. And this was 
provided by Cohesi, and it's basically a bingo card with different things on it so that uh, you can just look at Reddit and see the topics and see where it falls. Uh, he's got Check Out My Born Square Cabin, Something About Undermeshing, Returning After Three Whole Months and Too Lazy to Read Patch Notes, What's New, Good Idea Guy Thrown Out Window Meme, Difficulty Sentence, uh, didn't use Dota Dex or Google, but how many X does it take to Y A Z? Uh, increased flyer speed. Generic cry of "I need help." When's S plus? Transfer question. <laughs> the game or update is one hundred one thousand gigabytes. Oh my god! WTF? Dedicated server question. Lost character. Free space. Windows ten issues. Can't find my server. New player tips. Something about turrets. Otters on Ragnarok. State of the game, something about game crashing, strategy or best dinos for boss fight, bug, imprinting question, new to breeding and don't know how to Google, stop, <laughs> insert dino from spawning. Uh, I think he's got pretty much 95% of the Reddit topics. There wouldn't the be any floor. new content if we filtered everything for all those things, though. <laughs> Um, I don't like shaming people for asking questions, but I do get a little frustrated with the folks that ask questions that are just easily Googleable. Mm, yeah. The worst part is, you know, what button do I need to press to do such and such an action? It's like, wait, you're taking the time to ask on a Reddit when you can just go into your options and look at the keyboard bindings there? Now, the bone I'll throw is the wiki is still lacking a lot of information. I don't think it's as maintained as it should be by the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Especially uh, from the set from uh, setting up some dedicated servers and stuff. There were points where I was having to teach myself how to uh, go into the file directory to figure out command paths. Yeah. Now I'm I uh, I kind of I'm one of those people that uh, I uh, on certain things I'd rather figure it out than look it up. Um, but at the same moment, I would be looking it up before I went to Reddit. Okay. Before I posted something on Reddit, I'd actually go and search Reddit to see if somebody else had already asked a question and gotten an answer. Yeah. Uh, Reddit search does suck, though, still. It yeah, does. Well. All right. Speaking of uh, games, uh, Nucifera Poisoning took on a challenge and wrote, Tell me something negative about Ark, and I'll put a positive spin on it. If you can stump me, you win. I posted this under my alt. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> Okay, so uh, one of the first ones asked was Undermeshing, and his reply was, No other game rewards finding bugs like Ark does. If you happen to find a hole in the mesh, your great reward is being able to destroy thousands of hours of your enemy's progress in seconds. Other games patch holes immediately, denying players rewards for such activities. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Being forced to eat your own crap. Your body is a garden, and all gardens need fertilizer. (laughs) Well, I mean, is that really a negative? (laughs) I mean, does that need a positive spin? I don't know. Um, I don't want to know what you're into, man. I just—I'm just saying, not a lot of games have poop (laughs) mechanics. I think he took it. He—he—he went off. He played off the uh, the quote that your body is a temple. So he just went with your body being a garden. That's why I found it funny. Uh, one person said, "How official is borderline? Un- uh, how official servers or the primary game mode is borderline unplayable because it allows players to be giant uh, jerks with no re- repercussion or way to fight back? And now there's an army of wildcard c- 
cocksuckers that spout just play unofficial like that's a good excuse for the game being broken by design. And just to get it over with, the god-awful optimization, the bugs, the crappy and restrictive building mechanics, the feature creep, I could go on and on. His reply, Ark has created the most difficult and challenging gaming experience that has ever been seen. The opponents don't play by the rules and are agonizing to lose against. This means that by surviving in an official server, you're basically a proven gaming master. Nobody playing MOBAs or FPS games can say that. The optimization, bugs, and feature creep adds to the challenge. If you can beat a game this bad, you can beat anything. The building system isn't broken, merely a barrier to prevent just anyone from utilizing the vast array of squares you can build in the world of Ark. <laughs> that, that was great. <laughs> um, I still don't think it made it, gave it a good spin, though. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was just funny. It's the challenge of the game, Rico. That's the positive spin. Uh, getting stuck on something, slingshotting back to it every f- few feet, have 500 plus ascendant flag set on and get tranked by a level 25 Trudon, and have to wait forever for your flag to break so you can die. His reply. The Trudon has tranced you instead of insta-killing you like the Gigas and Bosses would to give your teammates ample time to come over and watch you die. Think of it like Left 4 Dead, waiting for a dino or tribe member to free you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it does bring up the whole suicide uh, issue with the Mm -hmm. game. Indeed. Uh, Another one. Having to shoot a seagull 17 times because your hits aren't registering while it slowly eats everything you hit. Oh, that's the worst. That is the worst. Feeding seagulls only means you're a charitable person who cares about the smaller creatures and doesn't hide all your edibles in a fridge back home. I think they should solve that problem by mm-hmm. when you're hit by the seagull, <laughs> it should just fly off into the sunset and just not even give you a chance. <laughs> uh, paying off to developers, it sets the idea that anyone can be good at this game, trading time for money instead. Not only that, the people responsible for the game existed in the first place can gain more money for their work. Once again, I, I don't think that's a positive spin. <laughs> well, it is for the developer. <laughs> uh, DDoS rating. You won't be online to watch your base get destroyed. That can act like a game over screen of sorts. Out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> DDoS game over. So great. <laughs> Here's one. Uh, Dino suicide in love and his reply was, I know now why you cry, but it is something I can never do. I'm not sure about that. No. What? <laughs> and he put that in quotations. I don't know what he was quoting. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that one either. What? <laughs> um, Ark is cancer. His reply was, Ark was started in October 2014, so it's technically a Libra. Okay, that was clever. That was clever. I like that one. That was clever. That was physically painful. Okay, so somebody went uh, further with it and said, uh, and Libra is better. Here are some star sign weak points of Libra's. Indecisive, shallow, vain, irreliable. I'm assuming he meant unreliable. And then said, sorry, buddy, it's your turn. And the reply was, aha, but you forget the strong points of a Libra. Good with money, despite the track record with dissatisfaction. I assure you the wildcard staff still have enough money in their accounts to survive the eventual death of this game. Uh, Intelligent. After all, they used their protection as an early access game to assure payment before a finished product. Loyal. 
They deeply respect the opinion of snail games and will do anything they ask, including sabotage <laughs> the little trust American players have in them. Steadfast. Despite the hordes of angry customers and overwhelmingly negative comments on Steam, Wildcard stands by their work and refuses to change it in the face of adversity. Wildcard is a true capitalist sweetheart of America and should be cherished. <laughs> no, no, actually, I think it's a pretty good example uh, 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 of, uh, well, the system being a little off because, um, well, actually, no, it's, it's because we keep handing them money. That, that's why it's not working. If we were properly being, if we were all properly being capitalists, we'd just be like, no, bad, no money for you. And they'd have to change or fail. <laughs> Um, here we go. Losing characters and all your imprints during server transfers, forcing you to painstakingly rebreed and re-imprint everything you already had. Oh, and don't forget CS refusing to replace lost characters because players already replaced everything by the time they can be gotten to, like the F they have. Uh, his reply. Other games will let you play the same godlike character until you're bored and quit. Ark has found a way to keep you uh, scared even during the transfer screens. You could possibly cease to exist if the code feels like it, and there's no item or strategy that can help you. It's true survival horror at its finest. The dinos I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> the dinos you imprinted on have found you unworthy upon your transfer, disillusioned with your choice to leave their home, so you must prove your loyalty and earn their trust once again. Customer service refusing to replace characters is good customer service. They know what's best for you, and you'll be happier not being able to play this game when you lose all your progress. They shall lead you onto the path of salvation. I find it best yep. to think of transmitters as RNG in general. <laughs> it really is. Oh, uh, there, there's more, but it's funny. Check out the thread, which we'll, we'll have a link on in the video description below. Oh, it, it had me laughing nonstop while I read that. Oh. And as we said earlier in this podcast, there was a small enforcement action action on servers 214, which is a North American PvP official Ragnarok server. And I think the other one was 170. Uh, yes, uh, EU PvP official The Island 170. These were both servers that belonged to Bloody Mary, and uh, they were dev wiped. So, there was a yeah. fight on 170 recently, wasn't there? I believe there was, yes. So I didn't hear what they got dev wiped for, though. They didn't. Well, you know, these enforcers. I know they're never they don't really say. say they, did we hear the backstory at all? I actually don't recall seeing a backstory for it. So that, That's weird. Not. Uh, I mean, normally there's at least, you know, community it's got weirdness. Also, uh, they didn't say how many players were, you know, banned or how many tribes were banned or anything like that. They just put down the two servers and that was it. They said people were banned or we decided issue bans were warranted and continued violations of our code of conduct will result in further wipes and bans. But they didn't give us a, a number of how many players were banned like they had the last few times that they've done this. Odd. So a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Barry Seals getting dev wiped, and uh, one of the things I enjoyed was a video they posted kind of explaining their side yes. of the story. Um, it wasn't necessarily, it, it didn't really clear them of wrongdoing, per se, but at least you could see the, the backstory as opposed to just being a giant mystery. And essentially it was, you know, a group of the players teamed up with a, a known mesher who went ahead, 
set up some beds in the cave for them to spawn in, but they didn't realize that he had meshed to get there in the first and place. started posted a YouTube video where they started the video basically incriminating themselves in the first three seconds, mm -hmm. which but I'm here, sure here's wasn't my intentional. problem with that. It's the fact that they said he's a known mesher and yet they still teamed up with him. Well, also the guy who teamed up with him was an admin of Barry Seal, supposedly. Mm -hmm. I yes. think that was the kill shot. You know, and this is what's supposed these actions are supposed to be doing: forcing people to stop playing with the known cheaters, the known meshers, etc. Now, what I did appreciate was he talked about their reaction to finding out and the way that they reacted to it, but it was all too late at that point. I think. Yeah, definitely. Their right, reaction, uh, by the way, was, "Hey, we got no tolerance for cheating," and they kicked them out of the tribe. But it was already little, their fate was already late. sealed. Yeah, so they have to start almost from scratch, I assume. Unless they got things out in time. Okay, so uh, Community Crunch 132 was released. Uh, they announced the upcoming Mindwipe, which already happened on PC. Um, they announced that there was a Kosh Media France Arc Day. There's an Arc-themed community event in Paris. So I didn't really keep up with that. Nah, nobody cares. They're French. Mm -hmm. uh, they reiterated the Great Migration number three. Uh, they talked about the upcoming special service, but once again, we're not seeing anything about them or what kind of mode is going on. Though Jet on Twitter responded to at Kishko, who uh, posted up a video, YouTube video, saying Ark is dying, a message to Studio Wildcard. Uh, Jet said he'll check it out. And then uh, Kishko went on to say, thanks a lot. Special service would be a good start, but it's still a 60-day wipe cycle, so it will die out after a few weeks. Just like Arcpocalypse, we need a different cluster of officials, not just specialty. And Jet replied, 60 server cycle isn't set in stone. We could be open to keeping them up long term if they're proven successful. But we've put that timeline there in the situation where, there aren't really take, where they aren't really taken off, and we want to try something else. I see no harm in trying it. Yeah. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I agree. It's worth it chance and i think if they find a mode that is going to be that becomes very popular they might just turn it into a permanent server type deal uh he also went to say went on to say we're always open to exploring experimenting with new ideas for our servers we do enjoy our official network as it is but that doesn't mean we wouldn't consider trying out something else even if just as an experiment smaller tribes is something that comes up a lot speaking of which looking at the uh migration three list i see official server five is on there <laughs> hey, you said you weren't going to care about your character. Uh, you said you were done. Well, my character. Okay, to be fair, my character I do not think is on there, but I'm just—it's just another of the sub ten <laughs> servers which used to be the, some of the most popular. Yeah, I just find that interesting. Oh, including Ragnarok one. <laughs> interesting. Hmm. All right, and then uh, they uh, announced uh, the community live stream number two for this week, which already happened. I'm guessing you guys didn't check it out. No, man, I've yet to watch one of those. Um, I probably would have been more enthused <laughs> if you had said it was more amazing the first time they did it. But, yeah, uh, so uh, this time around, they actually included some PvP tips. Really? Uh, I'd before... be curious what Wildcard's PvT, PvP tips are. <laughs> so, uh, let me see if I can find his name. I Do they say Undermesh? Ah, <laughs> oh, that's not cool. But, My um, only question is, when, when the real PvPers uh, uh, saw them, how many said, get good, noobs? So, there was some of that. Though this time around, there was um, quite a few wildcard devs and community managers active in the Twitch chat itself. 
while Jen Zenro and I forgot the other gentleman's name were, you know, showcasing the the mods that they were showing off. I think it's time that they generate a little buzz by teasing their DLC. We've heard almost nothing about it, and it was supposed to come out around now, wasn't it? Um, technically, yes. Where it was, it was originally supposed to come out sometime around June. So yeah, I suppose yeah. But uh, yeah. So, and I'm sorry, I don't have his name. It was a PlayStation 4 console player who was doing the PvP tips, though. He did say he used to play on uh, PC as well. He does a YouTube stream. Ooh, that is interesting. So a PC player that migrated to console. You don't see that every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was JX. J-A-Y-E-X. And so he, he seemed like a nice guy. He, But it was really a tips one one though it really started off as him talking about all the little dinos and then medium-sized dinos. And I was like, what is this? This isn't really exact BBP. You're just talking about dinos. Um, some things that I quickly picked up on was that he said Perlovis were undetectable. So he obviously forgot that direwolves can now detect uh, Perlovias because he was telling people to use that as a strategy to hide their stuff. Uh, he showcased a turret tower design that had all its turrets built on one side facing one direction, which you don't see really built on official PvP servers, because that usually isn't a really great way to design it, unless you're built in a cave and don't expect the enemy to mesh you and come up from behind. Uh, He also featured a little pyramid base, which was very cute, but could easily be overrun, and the interior turrets shown were completely useless and just shouldn't have been in there. Uh, You know, people always knock on the interior turrets because they're always like, well, if they're in your base, it's over. So these interior... Because the pyramid base was so built so small, because it's built really for a solo player to try and hide what he has, and or for a tribe of two or three, the turrets did had maybe a full tile open to them before you could run up. That you did just have to run to them and drop some C4. You didn't even have to run up to. You could just toss C4 from one tile away and blow them yeah. up. That's what I mean by they were completely used because there's really barely any open space for them for the attacker to be shot. Does bring up a point though that the the advice for a solo player versus a small tribe to a mega tribe is going to be vastly different. Mm-hmm. The meta is yeah. just a lot different in general. I would recommend uh, people checking out the stream and just go to directly to, skip over to the the PvP tips section and check it out and see what you think. At the very least, I'm glad that Wildcard finally included PvP into the stream. I think they should continue to do that, but better implemented. I would have to say. Decent first maybe attempt. Get, well, maybe get maybe get one of your uh, one of those tribes that you're in bed with come and you know show show people how it's done. <laughs> well, if I remember correctly, the guy they got is very popular on YouTube and has quite a following, so I'm guessing that's why they went with him over anybody else. Okay, so let's move on to patch notes. Very small patches. We got I think it was 100 megabytes. Didn't really do much, but for primitive plus, it was uh, a major prim- primitive plus pair update for version 279.282 with a number of fixes incorporation of major base game patches as well as full total conversion functionality including engrams on aberration and scorched earth uh then they fix then they had a fix for dino starving when they have access to food always good to see uh bag size limit increased to 600 slots and then forced one-time mind wipe due to recent balance changes and that was it for patch notes I know a lot of people were happy sounded, about the bag. Uh, de- uh, detailed. I mean, with the vault with the vault cap increase, I guess it makes sense to increase the bags. 
Mm-hmm. So th- I think the the bag size limit was really more for um, like grinders and such, where they have what is it, sixty slots. But if you use them to make a lot of flint or thatch, if they're destroyed, I'll, all that stuff is lost I'm, after sixty slots have been filled in the bag or something like that. I think mm-hmm. could be wrong, just in case. But I think that was the original goal for this. Whether or not it's going to be abused by everybody, we'll have to wait and see. It is now time to level up our debating skills as we saunter down Arc Avenue. Did you sigh before that, that your own That wasn't that horrible, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, my tongue tripped over it. That's why. Okay. I was expecting something really bad. <laughs> no, I couldn't really come up with something too bad for really bad for this one. I think this is Yeah, I was gonna more... say I mean that wasn't uh that wasn't horrible. I mean <laughs> I'm disappointed. Yeah, I disappointed myself. I'm sorry guys. I will try to boot, make something really bad next week. Now uh player stats, character stats, I think it's a good time to come back to this topic, especially in light of the fact that armor weight changes have changed. Uh, Flak, for example, is now 30 pounds, which really makes it so that you would think people want to do uh, increase their weight more so than usual when it comes to PvP. Now, since you guys got the free... Well, Rico, you're not playing right now, but late day. How have you uh, leveled up your characters since you got the free mind wipe? Yeah, I mean, I made slight adjustments to it, but nothing really major. I, I basically just buffed the help a little bit more, and I think I took off the melee. Mm-hmm. I you know I always put a little melee on the character when I'm starting them out, but uh, I kept it at base this time. Other than yeah. that, it's pretty much it. So back in Legacy, my uh, build at the time was 500 health. Uh, I think it was base stamina, 400 weight, and 150 or 160 movement speed, and that was it. And I was very tanky, and I rarely died on Legacy. Um, when I started the new servers, I started putting in more uh kept it at 400 weight up the speed to i think 165 and then kept it around 200 hp some extra stamina and then uh with this current change i decided to go with 180 speed 600 weight 150 stamina 250 hp but that's because i've got ascension so i can go up to level 130 instead of of, uh, level 100 but personally if you're going to be doing a lot of pvp ins obviously speed is key but also a lot of weight. I know most people were using around minimal 400 weight, and if you're doing that, I still think that's a good weight to stick with, unless you can get those extra levels from Ascension, and then you want to increase that weight. I, I like the 600 weight a lot, and should help me weigh down a lot of the dinos, like the Therizinos, um, the Reapers, and a few other of the dinos that tend to be used a lot in PvP. I was hoping to get more... Uh, answers from uh some of the more veteran players but i didn't get any responses from them but for the most part i think people are just going to focus more on weight and speed and hold off on stamina or hp i mean yeah honestly that seems to be the meta as much as i hate speed that's that's where the game has been for a long time and it's where it's gonna keep me and for as long as you can increase your speed mm-hmm. and of course once again you know this is if you're going to be on the ground pvp and head you know going head-to-head with everybody else. If for Obviously, if you're in PvP, but that's not your kind of role. Maybe you're a sniper who tends to stay out of the fight. HP is a good way to go so that you don't get sniped and killed really fast because you want to be able to 
take a couple shots, pull back, heal up, replace your flag or what your or your armor, start looking back over the legend, take more shots at the enemy. Or if you're a supply man or a quartermaster, you obviously want more weight rather than speed, more be more weight and uh, HP. Or if you're somebody who likes to utilize dinos rather than yourself to fight, consider a lot of weight or a lot of HP instead to take a lot of damage. Well, honestly, it kind of sounds like it's either go weight, uh, weight, uh, weight HP, and maybe a little stamina, or H weight and speed primarily. Mm -hmm. I will say this with the extra health points. I remember I back when, uh, when melee was still useful. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 pointless for late game, I think. But, but with the extra health, I, I'm finding it odd that I'm not dying whenever I fall off our base refilling turrets now. The extra health is helps a lot. Like I said, when I had 500 health, I rarely died, especially in PvP combat. I was rare. You rarely saw my name flash up as being killed by somebody. Humble brag. I just the truth. I'm not trying to brag or anything. <laughs> oh, you know it was your wizard powers. <laughs> I remember, you know, because my health was 500, and at the time, you could drop me from the almost at the top of the world world border, uh, world ceiling, and I would survive the drop. It happened to me once, and somehow I survived that drop. Oh, dude! After you told me about that, I respect and tr uh, tried it. Uh, Cerberus uh, uh, and I uh, spent about two hours just dropping each other from uh, world height <laughs> to the lowest altitude we could find. And at 500 health on the island, you'd survive with about uh, with about 50 health left. Yep. <laughs> Oddly Ugh. enough, the uh, Ragnarok seems to be a little less forgiving when it comes when it comes to less forgiving when it comes to falling. And um, aberration, I I sort of got the gravity's lower there. Well, they changed something on the island too because I'm pretty sure that no longer works. Where you get dropped from the world ceiling with 500 health, you'll die this time. You'll start dying now, which oh, is a shame. a shame. Yeah. <laughs> so as always, when it comes to player sets, it's always depending on what you want, how you your play skill or play set is going to be. Whether you're going to be fighting a lot or you want to get up close and bash somebody over the head, then obviously speed. And if you just want to utilize a club, then you want to use melee for that. If you get if you give yourself enough melee, you don't even need the club. Yeah, that, that is true. You can actually use a hatchet to knock somebody out or a pick. Or your still, face. Still weird. They, they need face. to reduce percentage point increases per point of speed. I, I still think it's kind of silly how fast it is right now. I, I, I'll still say with stay, say that uh, it needs to be capped at a certain point. Because um, so. I've been on Conan recently, I've actually been. I mean, that's a game. There's no speed increase. Your your speed is basically determined. Everybody has the same uh, the same base speed, and then your encumbrance, your armor, and your stats affect how much you lose based on what you're you know using. Yeah, definitely. And that's a game that's entirely about going up and you know hitting the other guy in the face. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's also Fortitude that people could level in, but I have never, ever bothered with Fortitude. Though they're trying to make it more useful. I think uh, Fortitude prevents you from being uh, affected by the Rex's you wake up war. faster. I know it mm -hmm. makes you wake up faster and has some resistance on some of the new debuffs. I never... I, I yeah. just before I figured out what they were, though. You know, for resistance against Torpor, you wear a pair of Riot Boots if you need to... Take a couple hits from a bat, for example. 
I mean, you got crafting skill, but that's a completely different thing. That's not for PvP per se. That's for making better stuff. That's the utilizing ult. PvP. Huh. That's the ult, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, once again, playstyle is all is going to help you determine what it is. But for the most part, speed, weight, and health tend to be the three major uh, stats people focus on when it comes to PvP. Stamina tends to be optional. In case you want to out, try and outrun or outlast your opponent when you're forced off your dino and have to run for your life. That never happens. Mm-hmm. Oxygen, unfortunately, was de- uh, nerfed a long time ago, so it really doesn't have much of a God, I remember the use. Frogman builds. I love those. I know. Those are so I great. I only used them a few times at, uh, after uh, after uh, Flummer had to, uh, lost Peter and never showed up. and he was never able to show up anymore, and I, I tried it. It was so amazing to be underwater. Yeah. I mean, we had one fight. It was against Brotherhood where we had to fight underwater the entire time, and we had one guy who was specced as a Frogman, and he was our guy for going in there and blowing up their turrets that they had underwater. To prevent us from getting into the the base, ah, that was a good fight. A lot of yeah, fun. it was. So I yeah, to, after about half an hour, just all the corpses floating. Yeah, <laughs> it was beautiful. Uh, we have a, a video of that too. I think it's just Frozen Throne versus Brotherhood or Underwater Cave Battle or something like that. But you know, guys, share with us your uh, character builds. We want to know what you've been spending your points on to level up your character. Let us know why you're doing it. We'll talk about it again next week. Uh, just a reminder for you, for listeners new and old, we've got the new Arc Avenue segment, although I guess it's not new anymore. It's been around enough to not call it new. And just ask us Arc-related questions or ask for us for advice. We'll put it in the Arc Avenue segment. Uh, if you do have any, just give us your questions in the comments section, section or in our Discord channel. I'll provide an invite to the channel in the comment section below if you would like to chat with us or hang out. The podcast is also available on iTunes from episode 72 and onward, so please subscribe to that. And if you would rate and review us, that would be awesome. But now it is time to close out episode 91 of the Archaeologist Podcast. Thank you to our participants this week, and thank you for listening to us on YouTube. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, feel free to like and share this video and subscribe to the channel. You can also leave comments or questions for us in the comment section below. Goodbye and stay alive, survivors. Got the YouTube comments one second. Any big plans for vacation tomorrow? I got two podcasts to edit tomorrow. <laughs> I'll be changing the transmission fluid on my car. <laughs> oh, I said I'll, I'll probably be reading a book. Ah. Actually, I haven't been playing any video games or anything recently. I've been reading a lot. <laughs> nice.